You are tuned into Black Women Speak with Colette Williams and Dr. William Tyardy Howard on the Black Talk Radio Network. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. It is a great day. Thank you for joining us, everyone. It is a great day. We're glad that you could be here with us on this Wednesday. Wednesday, this is June 21st. Can you believe it? Can you believe that we're halfway? We're just about finished with June, going into July, going into the next part, the last six months of the year. Can you believe time has gone by so fast? And we are celebrating in the midst of Black Music Month. How's everybody doing? Hope you're doing well. Hope you're dealing with the the heat here in DFW and other parts of Texas and the storms that are coming. We've got some storms. We've been talking about storms here in Dallas. Every few minutes, they give us a new alert. Then there's storms over on the East Coast, over there in North Kakilaki and South Kakilaki. But you know what? It's okay, because we understand that there's global warming. We're dealing with it, and we know we can't do anything about it. We take what God gives us, and we just say, hey, we'll deal with it. And that's what we do. Well, folks, we're going to have a great afternoon. We're going to have a great conversation with none other than the absolutely wonderful Lenny Williams, the man himself, right here on Vision Media with Black Women Speak. And it is my pleasure to have an opportunity to talk to Lenny Williams once again, a man who is a man of all, all deeds. Music, music, music is what he does. And this is a great opportunity. He is R&B. He is jazz. He is soul. He is everything that you want to hear in Black music. Mr. Lenny Williams, it is my pleasure to welcome you to Vision Media. Black Women It's my pleasure to be here. I'm doing good. Uh, Glad to see you again. Yes. Yes. It's very good to see you. Very good to see you. I was reading through your bio and I'm going, wow, this man has done and been with and has sang for how many years now? Well, I've probably been doing music uh, probably about 54 years now. Yeah. Somewhere around there, 54, 55 years. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Professionally. Yeah. That many years, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. So time. you were, yeah, that's a long time. That is a long time. And that is the very reason we celebrate black music. We celebrate the legends of black music. And you are one of the legends in black music. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. It's it's the truth and we speak the truth. And we can't get around the path that you have created. There's no way to get around that. Right. You are, you stand tall amongst some of the greatest singers of all time and i'm positive you are one of the greatest of all time singer songwriter musician you play the trumpet what else do you do well uh i try to be a businessman that's for sure you know especially in this uh industry you know if you know a little bit about business 
uh, you know, you can do pretty good. If you know a lot about it, <laughs> you can do, you know, real good. And so, yeah. you know, I try to uh, be as astute as I can uh, when it comes to the, the business uh, aspect of music as well. Right, right, right. Well, you've been touring. You were telling me that you've been touring. And just the little bit that you told me, that, that's a whirlwind tour. You didn't have five minutes to change your mind. No, yeah, I've been going, 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 and uh, it's a. Uh, I, I actually did uh, this this weekend. I did four shows uh, in succession, and I was thinking about it. And I was like, "Hey, I haven't done four shows in a row in probably forty years, maybe." You know, because yeah. uh, lately, what I've been doing just going out on the weekends and maybe doing one show a weekend or every now and then two, but I haven't done three or four in a quite a while. You know, and wow. so. Uh, so I did three about um, maybe four months ago, and then I, I did four this past week. So who knows? Maybe there's six or seven uh, coming down the pike. Coming up. That's right. That's we'll see what right. happens. Yeah. Uh -huh. Right. And and what that says is, as I said, you're still top of the leaderboard. You're still well, I've got some stamina from somewhere. Maybe it's, the, I don't know what it is, the Cheerios or something. <laughs> something. Well, you know what? You want it this way, regardless to the reason up, you want it this way. Most definitely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You do want it this way. You want people to request Lenny Williams. You want people to say, hey, we want to hear this. You want people to get up in the aisles and, and dance and sing and, and hug each other and carry on to your music. Most definitely. You definitely want, uh, that's what inspires uh, musicians and songwriters uh, to the connection with the yeah. with the audience, the people, right? Yeah, you because know, if nobody likes the music, then you know, it, it, well, it, you know, it just kind of makes you feel bad, and uh, and then uh, you know, kind of question you know your artistry. Yeah, yeah, and you can't, you you can't. They depend. There are a lot of people that depend on you. Yeah, that's they interesting. A lot of people do, right? Yeah, yes. they, they depend on you know me or other musicians to come with some music. To, you know, they say music uh, soothes the savage beast. So you know, people working yes. all week and they got different things going on. And on the way to work, you're in that traffic jam. You turn on the radio and or whatever and play your favorite song. It's you know, it's just uh, a, something that soothes you, gets you ready for the work. I was just reading a uh, uh, a. Uh, I guess it was a documentary about uh, music and hmm. uh, done by some neuroscientists and talking about how a person's uh, favorite music, how it affects their, uh, you know, mental uh, state. Oh, it does. And it's, yeah. it's really interesting. Yeah, right. So music is uh, is profound and I'm just mm -hmm. uh, uh, humbled that, uh, that, you know, that I have some music out there that touches people, makes them want to, you know, dance around or Hold right. hands or kiss or make love. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's absolutely a fact. And one of the greatest, and it's not a testament, one of the obvious things is that we're now inundated with such stuff called rap. Mm -hmm. And look at what happens as a result of rap. So that should tell people right there what music does and mu rap has done so much in terms of destruction i can't think of anybody that 
rap is good for and the destruction that has surfaced due to rap, it's just unconscionable. And for the first time, probably in the history of this country or the first history of music in this country, there's a long list of rappers who have lost their lives due to gun violence because of rap. Simply well, because of rap. Mm -hmm. it's, it's just uh, uh, so sad to see that young people, uh, uh, well, I don't say young people, I don't want to indict all of them, but, but there are a lot of young people who don't, you know, value life. They don't uh, see uh, the the good chance to see what it's like to be 35 or 40 or 50 or, you know, in my case, 78, you know, yeah. have grandkids and just had two great grandkids uh, this, um, of this year, you know, and so, and even you notice with the, um, the Juneteenth celebrations, I've noticed that there was so much violence yes. associated with it. Yes. And so I'm just, sometimes I wonder, is it, the, is it the music or is it uh, just the culture that, you know, it happens, uh, you know, uh, you know, wherever people congregate, if they're doing uh, sideshows or, you know, you're having a picnic, it's like people, when they congregate, especially with younger people, that they, um, you know, they're so easy to, to become violent. And I don't know, psychologically, what that means is that uh, uh, a, a people who have been uh experiences so much violence. They say if you whip a kid, probably when they grow up, they're going to whip their kids. Are they going to be? No. Uh, yeah, uh, you don't think so? No, I don't. Mm -hmm. Do you? I don't know. Uh, I was I, I was with my son today because uh, I've just got into town and went out for Father's Day and, and we were talking and we were talking about the way that I raised them and I, I never gave my kids whippings, right? And, uh, and so, um, and, and people would ask me why I didn't. And I was saying, well, you know, I grew up and all the boys that I knew that went to juvie, California, you know, juvenile hall or that went to prison, I would say if you took a survey of all the men of women in prison that they all probably got, uh, were the recipients of corporal punishment. They got weapons, uh, you know, or, or, you know, and, uh, and so I don't really see it as a deterrent, you know. I mean, it, you know, if you, it, 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 as a de deterrent for people committing crime because the people are, they all wind up in prison. So I'm just wondering, you know, so I just thought that I would do a, a clinical study myself with my kids and just say, I'm going to see if I can raise uh, boys uh, uh, that don't get in trouble, who go to school, get education, who respect me. Uh, uh, you know, as their father without whipping them. And, uh, you know, so thank God, you know, I, I was able to do that, you know. And I, and I have daughters too. I never did give them a whipping. And I'm, I, but I, I mean, I realized that if you, if you got a kid and they run out in the street, you got to, you know, give them a little spanking on the, on the leg or something. You don't run out in the street or if they're putting, you know, a bobby pin in a, in a, uh, electrical socket, you know, right. you got to, you know, pep that hand, let them know, no, you don't do that because, I mean, that could kill them, right? Yes. And so, but, you know, I think that, you know, a, a lot of the things that, uh, that people, you know, you get a bad report card or, or, you know, you, 
you say be home at seven and they come home at seven thirty and you get a whipping. I, I don't know. To me, uh, I think that that uh, uh, use of uh, corporal punishment uh, is ex- excessive. I mean, that's just the way I felt. But you know, that's my personal opinion about it. Right, right. Well, again, music soothes the savage beast. Mm-hmm. And I'm from the from the same age range that you're from. I was mm-hmm. born in '52, and well, you're a little young. You're, you're, you're younger than me. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh-huh. but we're still in the same age range. Yeah, uh-huh. you're yes. in your '70s, and I'm in my '70s. So I'll be yeah. 71 in a couple months. Okay. Yeah. So I believe in the whipping. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in abuse, and there was music that my father would allow us to listen to, and there was music that he would not allow us to listen to. And I do believe that there are a lot of folks who've been to prison, never got a whipping. There are a lot of folks who who go, go to jail, commit crimes, do all kinds of things, and a whipping is not a deterrent. So there are five sides to every coin. And... I think part of it is the way a child is disciplined. I believe wholeheartedly that this rap that is out here should children should never hear it. I don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear it. When it's, I drive down the street, mm-hmm. say that again. Now it's interesting that you know it's the number one selling music, uh, and That's the white crazy. kids and the white kids buy it more than the than the black yes. kids. That's right. That's right. Right. That's right. And I guess maybe a lot of people might. I was listening to some statistics today, uh, watching Fox News about the educational uh, status of Americans, whether you black, white, whatever. Reading has gone down nine percent in the last year uh, across the board. Uh, You know, we're you know America's falling behind in uh, math and science. And, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know if it's, I mean, I, I would imagine that uh, that uh, other ethnic groups might uh, attribute that downfall to, uh, I, I guess, a disintegration of the family, uh, because, you know, that's across the board, too, that, you know, that, that families are, you know, mostly being headed by, by women, and divorce is so prevalent. Uh, but the music... Um, I don't know, you know, uh, there there are some rap songs that don't have cussing in it and don't promote um, violence, you know, and so, right. you know, so, um, so, well, so there is the conscious, yeah, there is the conscious rap, mm-hmm. and which I still don't know much about, mm-hmm. and when we came up, there was Gil Scott Heron, right, and there was conscious rap that groups from that time period they did rap Mm -hmm. but what i hear now only in passing Mm -hmm. is the most disgusting the most vile speaking i have ever heard i think it is i'm every time i pass by a car and somebody has that horrible stuff on it Mm -hmm. makes me want to take a bat to whoever that is with it on I got into a lift one day mm-hmm. and this girl had this stuff on and 
I couldn't believe that she would allow that to be on her radio. Mm -hmm. And it was saying some things that will never, ever come out of my mouth. Mm -hmm. And this guy was just blurting out vulgarity, mm -hmm. expletives, vile stuff. Just mm -hmm. he said everything that was crude and vile and disgusting that he could get out. Right. And and it, that is not music. I don't care how you slice it or when you slice it. Mm -hmm. How can you compare that to you? Oh, to me, me myself. No, I don't. Mean, I don't. I don't do that kind of music. Right. No, no, no. Uh, I'm not. Of, I'm talking about the music. Right. How can you compare? That's not music. Mm -hmm. What you have given us mm -hmm. for decades, for fifty years, that's called music. And you know, but it's real interesting, you know, how the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. Absolutely. Uh, if people go back and they go to their computer right now and they were to Google vulgar rap, vulgar blues songs from the 30s and the 40s, you would be surprised at what you hear. It would make some of this rap sound tame. Really? Yes. If you, when this when this program is over, Google. I'm going to. Vulgar rap songs from the 20s, 30s, and the 40s, and I'm telling you, it'll make you blush. So, give me an idea. I, no, because I don't, uh, I, 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 your audience is, uh, uh, I, I mean, I, I, I know one song in particular that was sung by a woman, and it was, um, and, uh, you know, and it was, it was very vulgar. Really? Yeah, I mean, I could recite it, but I don't. I don't. You know, I mean, I know that that you, 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 you it, it, it'll 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 upset you. So I I, I prefer <laughs> not to do it. But uh, but yeah, I, I would just because uh, I I'd like to research the the blues songs, you know, and, and look back and find if there's something that I can do in my show because yeah, blues is so instrumental. But you know, it's interesting. Yes. I just, I was just thinking about it the other day when I was a kid. And uh, in the 50s, and when television came out in the, like 53, mm -hmm. 54, like that, mm -hmm. we got our first TV. And we'd sit around and we'd watch TV. And my dad was adamant that we didn't play the blues. He, he, didn't, he didn't want any rhythm and blues played in his house. So, of course, when my daddy would leave and hit that corner... Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. We run to the it station to and play it. Right? We yeah, yeah. Clyde McFadder and um, Lloyd Price and all of them. But... Uh, but I noticed I, I would notice this on Sunday nights when the hit parade would come on, we'd listen to songs, we'd listen to the hit parade, and it, it was predominantly white artists, mostly country artists and other white artists, and we'd listen to their songs, and it would be Pat Boone singing Little Richard songs. Yes. Mm -hmm. And but but that was okay. So then I, as I got older, I started realizing the um, how we've been indoctrinated to hate what's ours and to love what's not ours and uh or to eschew what's ours and accept what's not ours and uh you know and i look, I look at my dad and i'm saying wow you know he was a victim of um of you know not and, and my dad that was a proud man but you know and maybe he he, he just didn't know but that music wasn't Christian. It didn't talk about God or Jesus or anything like that. And it, um, but we listened to it, but, but we couldn't listen to B.B. King or we couldn't listen to, 
to Howlin' Wolf, you know, and so how my dad made that distinction. The only thing I could see that was different was that those artists were white and uh, and, and the artists that, uh, you know, that my dad didn't want us to listen to were, were black. And, I, and it was like, that was kind of like the, the self-hatred thing that, uh, mm-hmm. that has uh, mm-hmm. dominated, uh, you know, uh, 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 minority communities or uh, civilizations, uh, you know, since, uh, you know, colonialism, so to speak. Right. Well, music has transcended. Music mm-hmm. has gone through all kinds of transformation. But where we are now with rap, and I don't remember any blues, and I, I my whole family is a musical family. Mm-hmm. My father listened to the blues. My father probably had 200 albums that go so far back. But I don't remember the blues and the vulgarity that was a part of the blues. I just don't remember that. I remember some of the uh, musical pieces Mm -hmm. that my father would listen to, instrumental. I remember my father listening to uh, Miles Davis and and John Coltrane and some of the other guys. Mm -hmm. And there's one that sticks in my head, and I can't think of the name of that Mm -hmm. instrumental. But we, we came through music, and it meant so much. And it's not that I hate it. I think that it's so vile and disgusting. Mm-hmm. I never use the word hate. I think it's vile and mm-hmm. disgusting. And I think it has done such a great deal of damage to our community. I Most definitely. I, I, I would agree with that. I agree with that. Okay. But it's the same thing with like with, with movies. You know, you, same thing with movies. I was watching a Steven Seagal movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm just telling you, literally... You know, 10, 12 people got killed in the first three minutes of the movies. Like people just getting beat up and necks broken and stuff like that. And and so um, so I sometimes I try to to understand what's the difference between seeing it and hearing it, you know. uh, Right. Yeah, that's a good point. You know what I mean? So the the kids uh, and and then um, I, I work with a lot of youth and. And and so I talked to him about it. I challenged him. I was like, "Hey, uh, yeah, I, I hear your music. I, I like it. It's cool." I said, "And and, and uh, you, you got a lot of cussing in that." I said, "But what if Walt Disney called you and said, hey, I got a kids' movie over here. I need you to give me something in an hour.' And you know, for, it's for three and four year olds to come up with something clever. And if all you can do is cuss, yeah, and exactly. and D and all that other kind of stuff, yes. you done yes. lost out on a million dollars." Right. You know what I mean? So you yes. you have to be able to uh, to expand, you know, your vocabulary and 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 the way that you interpret things and present things. And and I challenge them uh, to that. But a lot of them, what they say to me is, we write about what we see. You know, we see uh, women prostituting. We see drugs. We see our dads beating our mothers. You know, we see you know violence. And and so, uh, a person who's never been fishing, I don't say you can't write about fishing or you know you know, but 
because uh, I grew up with John Fogarty from Creedence Clearwater, and it used to always mm-hmm. amaze me that he'd write a song about Proud Mary. And it's like, you live in El Cerrito, California, boy. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> you know, how, do, how in the world do you write a song about Proud Mary born on the bio and stuff like yeah. that? And so, but but I guess you you do that through reading and through maybe watching National Geographic or listening to your uncles or whatever talk about if you know yeah. that if you know, if you if you've never gone fishing or gone out on the bayou or something like that. But but these kids, if you know, if they don't see love, if they don't see tenderness, you know, um, they don't see charity, uh, then and all they see is violence and and everything, uh, you know, the lights out and and your daddy being your mama, and you know, your mama got four or five boyfriends coming by, and you know, it's. I mean, I had kids when I was uh, doing uh, youth working for probation and doing uh, the drug diversion for probation that uh, their mothers would, uh, their friends would be selling crack, and their mothers would be on the crack and have no money and would perform sexual acts with their friends. So you got. You 15 and your boy is 15, your buddy, and your mama's over there doing whatever with him to get some crack. And so, so what, you know, so then therefore you have no, you have no respect for women, the, the number one woman in your life is your mom. And so therefore the B word comes, you know, that's, that's how they feel. Or, the, or, or like me, I would try to talk to them and then they would, they, they had a, such a disrespect for me. And then I started you know, I had to gain their respect, but I realized their daddy's in jail. Daddy never gave him nothing. You know, when, when he wasn't in jail, I'm coming by. You sitting up there waiting on the porch, you know, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock. He never comes. So then they they look at somebody my age walking down the street and see a watch. Or see, I got a wallet that might have $10, $20 in it. They don't have any respect that, wow, that's, uh, my grandfather was 98 years old. And some people broke in his house. And, 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 and roughed him and my grandmother up. And, and, and they didn't think that here's this black man that's 98 years old, getting ready to be 100, that all the things that he went through and, and, and have some respect for him, all they saw was opportunity to, you know, to, for gain for Rough them. Rough him up and, yeah, yeah gain, right. And yeah. they roughed yeah. him up. And so, but then when you stop to look at it, you know, maybe their grandfather was never around and, you know, and disappointed them, you know. Right, right. And we can, philosophically, mm-hmm. we can decide how we're going to do this. We can decide that there's no way you can take away what music is. You mm-hmm. can't change that. Mm-hmm. And as I said, the transformation that has taken place because of gangster rap, mm-hmm. never before have we lost. 50 to 75 individuals because of what they do. Right. Okay. So even when I worked in schools, there was one thing that we could not have on that campus. That was that stuff. That was not allowed. That was, that was not allowed. And I worked in LA at Crenshaw high school Mm -hmm. with some really, well, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. There ain't much difference between Oakland and LA. Right. But I worked at Youth Opportunities Unlimited on Manchester and Vermont with kids who were thrown away. But the one thing that we understood was that what we put before them 
would be who they are, who they become. Right. Mm -hmm. That will influence them. That will determine what they do because where they come from, we could not depend on where they come from. Exactly. So everything that we did, we had to make sure mm -hmm. that it was healthy, that it was wholesome, that it was meaningful, that it gave them something to look forward to, right. including the music that we allowed. Yeah, you gave them a different diet. Right, yeah. We gave them a, something different. When I was at Crenshaw High School, uh, I think it was 2016, I went to my principal and I said, we have to do things different. We have got to do things differently. And every beginning of the year, I would tell them the same thing. We've got to do things different. Well, the one thing that I said to my principal was that we're going to start every morning with uh, Pharrell Williams happy. Mm -hmm. Okay. So before the announcement came over the loudspeaker throughout the entire campus at eight o'clock, as kids are coming to the, their classes, as they are getting here on campus, they may have come from God knows what, mm -hmm. but I wanted them to be happy when they got here. I wanted them to change the outlook. I wanted them to have something that made them feel good about right. being on that Change campus. their frame of mind, right? Yeah. Change their frame of mind. Mm -hmm. Change the way they think. And that's what it did. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what it did. Did it and manifest itself in uh, better behavior and better, better grades? Like yeah. Oh yes. Oh yeah. And and not everybody. Not, not everybody. everybody but, yeah. but by and large, mm -hmm. most of them. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh absolutely. It's interesting. I mean, people. I mean, you. you, you I mean, sometimes people say, "Well, you're rationalizing." Um, you know, and, 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 and giving the kids an out by, you know, uh, talking about all the things that they go through and can make an excuse for them. And I said, I don't, I don't, I try not to do that, but I just try to at least let other people see what they go through. But, but it used to amaze me sometimes you go to, uh, I had, I had kids and, and, and they live in the projects and apartment A, this kid's in trouble, he's going to juvie, apartment B, Apartment C, then you get right here. Apartment D, this boy is getting B's and A's, you know, and it's yes. like the same environment. Same uh, environment. Dad, all of them daddies in jail or not around, and all of them mamas on welfare or not working or whatever or smoking crack. And and D is not doing what A, B, and C is doing, you know. That's and right. it's like it's amazing how that if you want it, if you really want to be different, that there's you know, that, that you have the backbone to say, I'm not going to, you know, yes. I'm just not going to do that. You know, you know yes. that's not my way of doing things. But <laughs> yes. but like you say, you have to give them a different diet. Yeah, I used to talk to them and I would say, uh, why are you selling pregnant women? Can't you, can't you just say, I'm not going to sell the pregnant women, you know, or, or, or I'm not going to sell the kids. You know, you see some 13-year-old girl come up there and want some crack. You know, tell a girl, get go home or whatever, get out of here. You know, but then they would say, well, if I don't do it, somebody else is going to do it. I said, but if everybody start having the same mind and say, if a pregnant woman come down here, we're going to make her get on out of here. You know, get out of here, you know, and, right. and you get that train of thought and then you start to, you know, to change their, like you say, you give them a different diet, a different way, a different outlook on life, you know? Yeah. Yes. And it's it's no secret mm -hmm. the destruction that rap has done 
I was talking with someone yesterday who is in Orange County. And the first thing he said was, it's, it is astounding what rap has done to the community. And you're right. White kids, they buy it, they listen to it. But when it's time to go home, it's not allowed in the home. It's not allowed around where they live. They might listen to it out in the street as they are going to the mall or in their car. They might do that, but it's not allowed in their homes. And they get to be Johnny on, on at home, Billy Bob at home, but they're not going to live that. Our kids live that. It becomes who they are. They identify with that. It yeah, I mean, that's the thing are. about music, about movies, about books and yeah. things like that. They, they yes. are very influential and they have the power to, to uh, if, if you uh, ingest it and uh, to transform you into, if you get a, a, a huge diet of that, you know, mm -hmm. you're reading all those mm -hmm. these types of books, it, it, it definitely can change who you are. I mean, these kids who uh, go to and read these racist books or go to these racist uh, 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 places on the internet and then they become, you know, you know they hate Jews, they hate blacks, right. whatever, right. because you get, you just get that steady, steady, steady uh, onslaught of, of that type of um, uh, thought, yes. you know, uh, and, and, it, and, and it indoctrinates you, you know. So I can see that, uh, that uh, the wrong kind of music, the wrong kind of literature, the wrong type of um, movies. I mean, sometimes you look at BET. I, I, I know Tyler Perry just bought it, but you look at some of the movies there, and you say, "Wow, these kids are watching this kind of thing." Yes. And, uh, you know, and so it, you know, like you say, it becomes a way of life for them. They don't just yes. look at it and say they don't watch The Godfather and look at it as that was a movie and that was that era. But these kids now they watch try to live it. Yes. Yeah, right. Yeah, there was Johnny Montana, and then they want to go out and and you know be be that person in their neighborhood yes. and you know control the you know be in control and things like that. And so that's the thing. Uh, those all those things that influence uh, uh, people uh, it has to be changed. So now that we have somebody who uh, who is invested in the community. You know, maybe maybe a lot of that stuff will change. I mean, even the radio stations, you know, they're not owned by people who are invested in the mm -hmm. community. They don't live in the mm -hmm. community. Their kids, you know, like you say, you know, play the music, but when they get to the door, they, you know, they, you know, they don't play it anymore. And so, right. You know, so you know, right. all the all the heads of these major uh, radio stations, uh, they don't they don't live no. And if you if, on Crench and Crenshaw area, exactly, you know, yeah. If you, know you look I mean? at the movie straight out of Compton, you see what happened and you see mm -hmm. how it happened. Mm -hmm. I was waiting for my granddaughter at uh, John Muir High School in Pasadena. Mm -hmm. And this time we were way in the back where the football field is. And everybody was out in the open instead of them being inside the gym. They were all outside. Well, the football team is practicing. Well, the stuff that the football team had on was again that horrible, vile rap stuff. Mm -hmm. And it, it was so bad. There was a girl standing by my car, and I said, Are you out here for rehearsal? And she says, uh, Yeah, I'm waiting. I said, Okay, do you go to Muir? And she said, Yeah. I said, Okay, who is the principal? 
His name is uh, Dr. Gray. I said, okay, I need to talk to him. And she says, he's my dad. I said, well, would you tell him that uh, Mrs. Williams, Yolanda Williams wants to talk to him? Because that stuff that's playing right there, it should not be allowed here on this campus. Mm-hmm. And she says, yeah, I, I know it's, it is pretty bad. Huh? I said, yes, it is. So I called Dr. Gray. Dr. Gray called me. We got a chance to talk. And I told him what was playing outside on the grass for the football team. So I am positive without talking to the coach or anybody else. I'm positive that was a way to get them riled and get them ready to, to do what it, to be brutal as they play on the gridiron, as they do whatever they can hit somebody so hard. That was for their whole beat. Sure. They listened to that rap stuff and they got mad. They'll be better football players. Okay. They'll be able to break somebody's bones. They'll be able to do this. Then in contrast to that, my granddaughter goes to another uh, class on the other side of town and quite the opposite, quite the opposite. And what they're listening to was calming, soothing music. And listen, nothing is 100%. Nothing is without the opposite. So we, we got all of, of the things that happened with the rap. But babies were made to Lenny Williams. Babies were made to Luther Vandross. Babies were made to the miracles, the temptations, the four tops. Lives were lived because of that music, because of what you brought to people, to humanity. Lives, people were living. Now, rap takes lives. That's why you can look on the internet and find all those names listed and how they perished from this earth. Gunshot. Every single one of them. And I don't remember if it's 50 or 75. If it's one, it's too many Mm -hmm. as a result of rap music. And, I think a lot of it yes. has to do with the, the culture. You know, these kids, uh, you know, they they act like they're so rich and they wear these big chains. And so, you, you you know, you bring it on yourself, you know. I mean, I go walking sometimes and I might take my ring off or I leave my watch at home. You know, you, you try not to attract things, but they just get on online and they... Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. it's so boastful and, and they spew, uh, you yes. know, uh, hatred and... And they taunt each other, and then yes, so that's how the that. shooting begins. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's how the shooting begins. There's a lot of disrespect, you know, so for, much disrespect for the rivals, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's incredible. I'm sure you probably heard about the rapper that was at uh, Roscoe's in Los Angeles on Manchester and San Pedro, right? And the girl that he was with put online that they're at Roscoe's on Manchester and San Pedro. And within the next 30 minutes, somebody sees that online. What do they do? Go right into Roscoe's and shoots him right there. Mm-hmm. Right there. Over rap. Over rap. 
And I watched the Tupac Shakur, Dear Mama documentary. I was stunned. I was absolutely stunned at the life of Tupac Shakur and he and his mother. I was absolutely stunned. But he, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe that was an anomaly. That's not typical of that genre. That's that isn't it. That's not typical. You mean that, that, he, that she was a, a Black Panther and that uh, yes, yes, and that uh, he wanted to elevate the uh, you know yes, uh, it was about the elevating the things community. like that. Yeah, uh-huh. yes. I'm not sure if it's a. I, I, I would imagine uh, it's an. I, I would imagine it's an anomaly because, I mean, even in other circles, even people who go to Harvard, how many people want to be, you know, uh, you, you want to go out and you want to make money and you want to buy a nice house and all that other stuff, but you're not thinking about uh, saving the world or, yeah. you know, and bringing people together and, you know, uplifting the race or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. So I would imagine mm-hmm. uh, it's just a, it's an anomaly. You know, it, it, everybody... If, you know, it's not a Martin Luther King or or, or a Sojourner right. Truth or Yolanda yes. Williams. You know what I mean? It's like yes. uh, you know everybody's just you know we out here hustling. You know, paying yes. the rent and you know the mortgage and you know the car and trying to you know get the kids you know uh, to school and getting computers and stuff. And so the average person, although they may think about those things, you know they don't they don't make the sacrifices or it's, you know it's not that high on the list. You know at the top mm-hmm. of the list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I I believe that when people hear your music, when they hear the music that comes from your peers, your colleagues, mm-hmm. the people in your business, the people who are legendary, such as yourself, mm-hmm. it gives them a sense of it gives them a sense of of uh, hope. It gives them a sense of that warm, fuzzy feeling. Right. It gives them a sense of it ain't all bad. Yeah. And I used to sleep to Luther Vandross. Mm-hmm. And the things that the music that you are known for, the music that has made you legendary, that will never get over that. It'll never be gone. As a matter of fact, I'm planning a party right now. And the only thing that will be there is stuff that you were involved in, the music that you had, the music that you gave to us. And we, every time we get together and there's music, it's always Lenny Williams and Peebo Bryson and Luther Vandross, The Temptations, The Miracles, The Four Tops, Mm -hmm. uh, Stanley Alston and The Main Ingredient, Harold Melvin and The Blue Notes. And there will be nothing else. And the only thing that will be current will may, will only be maybe five different pieces. That's it. Yeah. We, we lived, our lives were centered around the music. Our lives were about what made us feel good. We didn't have to run. Mm-hmm. We didn't have to run and hide. Right. We weren't worried about what violence that was going to take place. Right. We didn't think about that. Yeah, now, I mean, it's, it's a whole new day. Yeah, it's a whole new day. It's a whole new day. Yeah. It's I a mean, whole... You, I mean, you think about violence when you go to the store to <laughs> buy paper towels. You, know, you wonder, you know, if you're going to make right. it out of Costco or 
Safeway, yes. whatever, you know. Tell me about and, it. Um, you know, so it's, uh, I, I don't know, it just seems like that it's just, uh, it doesn't matter if it's it music or movies or yes. church or whatever, uh, the violence is always lurking around the corner because there's so many people that are filled with hatred and yes. jealousy and yes. anger and, you know, yes. whatever. Yes. And uh, and they, you know, want to, uh, you know, misery loves company, you know. And yeah, that's what it is. That's exactly the, what it is. Yes. And on other people. Misery. But I was thinking yeah. about what you were talking about, about lyrics, you know, and, uh, and you know, the sexual connotation with music. You know, it's interesting uh it sometimes just you you can say that you can you can say something but you, you just it's, it's how you say it like yes. uh, mm -hmm. Isaac brothers say it's your thing it's do your you thing do i yes. can't tell you who to sock it to you know I mean that, that's a sexual connotation okay but, but wait a minute wait uh, a minute that is a, that is a sexual connotation but it also talking. left you Jesus to think Christ. right yeah it, 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 okay it wasn't explicit Right, it's it wasn't like a, explicit. It's like a woman with a with a. I, my, my wife and I went to see Eartha Kitt, right? And I was oh. just talking about how the men were, how she had on a long gown and it had a, a split, right? And mm -hmm. all night you looking at that split that come up, but you know it was just if, if sometimes when she move it just kind of open a little bit, and finally like toward her last song she sat down on her on her stool, and that. Just came open and that came open, all yes. up to that thigh. And I said, now see, that's all these young girls running around here singing, got on leotards and panties and things like that. And I said, that was, that, that was pure feminine, real sexuality. It's like, she's yes. got this beautiful gown that fits her so nice. And you're looking at just a little bit of her leg all night long as it come open. And when she sits on that, on that on that on that chair and, and 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 cross her leg and that thing comes like it it's like wow that's that's the climax right there you know Exa it's exactly like, exactly uh -huh, yeah. it it drives you wild right. but yeah, now I'm every man in there it's like lord have mercy I gotta get one of them gowns for my wife yes. my girl you know <laughs> exactly. or whatever and exactly. uh, yeah so uh, yeah so uh, definitely you know you have to um, these kids it's such an instant. Yes. world right yes. now you know yes. they, they yes. just go online and they meet somebody and they and that that's it and they and, and, and together, again you know? eartha kit what uh -huh. she's saying right what she did it left you thinking you had to use your imagination imagination exactly okay you had to use your imagination in in the stuff that they put out now mm -hmm. they're talking about the p word and the d right. word and what right. i'm gonna do to you when i and i'm gonna and i'm gonna and you mm -hmm. N-I-G, come here, you B-I, and mm -hmm. let me show you. The, and, and, and there's no need for imagination. Right. Yeah, because yeah. what they say, in fact, it sounds abusive. Mm -hmm. It sounds abusive. Yeah. It doesn't sound like somebody is making love to somebody. Mm -hmm. Listen, that's right. Look at what he, those, those songs were back then. Right. It's your thing. Do what you want to do. Look at Stevie Wonder's song. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at the Isley brothers. Look at Luther. Luther is you and Luther are known. You, mm -hmm. Luther, Peeble, Bryson, and the other one. You're known. Everybody knows that's how you make babies. Mm -hmm. Okay? So. But it's subtle. We, yeah, yeah. It's subtle. 
It's yeah. not in your face with vulgarity, turning mm -hmm. love making into a, a, a heinous act. Right. And that's what we have gotten. In fact, let's let's get Scotty to play because um, I love you. Okay. And and I have friends who say, oh, 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 they love that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they love it. Scotty's going to get us going with that. But it's about what music has meant. It's about what music has meant to the world. Okay, it's not. There we go. There's no way in the world you can tell me that that compares to any of this.
That's what men use. That's the music that they use as they get down on their knees and say, will you marry me? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, can you imagine somebody with a rap kit? No, no, it's not going to happen. No, no. So you said in the beginning, because I love you, because I love you. Right. Rap doesn't say that. There's nothing about rap that even comes close to that. It's vulgar. It's just vulgar. And how do we get ourselves out of this? Because not only have we gotten into this, back when we were kids growing up, we had a different kind of pace, a different kind of living. We had a different kind of lifestyle, even though it was 50 plus years ago. And in such a short period of time, we've We've come to this. We haven't evolved to more, to better. We have come to this. We have come to this. And and this is destruction. And so you know, I, I, I get it. It is destruction. And I think about it. I, you, you, know, you stop to think that well, I mean, we, it hasn't been that long since we've been out of slavery, really, you know. Yes. And so yes. we're experiencing... Uh, a whole new thing, and and it's almost like if you had an, an animal chain, chained up, you know, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. a year or so, and then you let it go. It's, it's going to run and jump out over the place, and then it has to have, you know, uh, you know, uh, some training and some tenderness yes. and some petting, and to get it to, you know, uh, to calm them down, calm, calm them down. down. Yes, and so uh, you know, I mean, we're just running around with this uh, freedom to do anything that we want and we're, we're taking it to the limit. And so, I mean, I would imagine that a person who's a, a, a historian of um, civilization or whatever might be able to to look at it in a, you know, a, a, a context that the average person can't look at it and say, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. at some point it's going to settle down and you know people are going to realize the value of you know uh of a, a hard-working husband and not just mm. that pretty mm. boy and they're gonna yes. the you know the value of you know family and that you have three or four kids with a woman and you yes. stay yes. there and you watch those kids grow up and one day they grow up and have families and then they come back and you have family picnics and g- grandpa you know you uh you know Junior turns into the daddy, and then he turns into a yes. grandpa and a great grandpa, mm-hmm. and yes. you know, and and a deacon at the church, and all of that. And and so I I don't know. I mean, it's like we had it one while, uh, you know, after in the fifties and the forties and the fifties. You know, everybody had a daddy. You know, even we if it wasn't a biological yeah. daddy. You know, that's yeah. right. We were told we didn't need it because mm-hmm. we wanted to be like them. So we we were told we didn't need it. You don't need right. that. Uh-huh. You don't need that. You want to be like us. Right. So we've been trying to be like them. Right. Uh-huh. For decades. Right. And where has it gotten us? Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, we've descended into, you know, I mean, I I would imagine I I, I think about it in the 50s when, you know, uh Emmett Till got killed and and, mm-hmm. and people across the mm-hmm. world saw, you know, uh, yes. the how they were we were getting the water hose and getting dogs put on us the, the world rose up and they 
They right. said, we got to do something to change this. But I would say if something like that happened now, I don't think that black people in America would get the sympathy of the world because we've descended so much into, like you say, uh, these people who just are, are you know, drinkers of, uh, of, you know, intoxicants and smoking and, and uh, you know, uh, not having families and, uh, you know, the type of, of music and entertainment and movies that we make that, you know, what is that to, to sympathize about, you know? Right. Yeah. And we've regressed. You're right. We've regressed. we've regressed a great deal. We've regressed. And what we had, how, the question is, how do we get that back? But because we now live in an age of technology, we now live in an age where young people get to tell us. And what do they know? They don't know as much as we know. They don't have the wisdom. They know how to use a phone. They know how to use Canva. They know how to use technology. And we've made the mistake of saying that they were smarter. They're better. And no, because they know how to use technology that makes them smarter. But never have we lost so many young people. That it's a shame. I mean, it's just terrible. I, it's a I shame. My grandkids, I was telling my wife last night, I went somewhere and then I kind of got lost and I wound up in an area where, you know, I saw these young girls on the corner, you know, just, you know, just out there, you know, and it was just, it was just unbelievable. And, and I was like, Wow, I'm just so glad that my daughters didn't run into that type of guy who would influence them to to do that or live that kind of lifestyle. Yes, and I think yes. about the the little kids coming up, and it's like it's uh, you know, right. And my you know, granddaughter, I just feel sorry for people who have. I do too. I do too. Children. That's the best way to put it. Yeah. And my granddaughter is 11, and she's in New York, New Jersey, right now. And I, I'm afraid she's going to middle school in August. I am afraid for her. Mm-hmm. I am literally afraid, yeah. literally. And I'm the kind of grandmother that will go to the school. Mm-hmm. And I will, before I get there, I will declare that I'm insane. Okay, so I will not be held accountable for what I do when mm-hmm. I get there. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of grandmother I am. That's the kind of mother I am. Yeah. And... I, I don't want, and my granddaughter, she listens to rap. She listens to the stuff and she knows that I think it's vile. And I don't think it's vile, it is. And we have lost so much. And I do, I don't, I can't promote and I can't be a part of the destruction. I, I have to be a part of what's going to create another way for the black community. Mm-hmm. I want to be be a part of what's going to bring us back together where we can be whole, where we can be healed. We can have wholesome families. The destruction, it's too much. It's, it's entirely too much. Entirely. And I believe, I would like to believe that we could get back there. Mm-hmm. I well, know. I mean, there, there's always room for redemption, you know, always uh, room for change and just people have to want it. And I guess, uh, you know, 
an opportunity and a way to, to to achieve it has to be presented to people. You know, they have to see a way out. And uh, sometimes, you know, that's, uh, uh, you know, maybe you can get through a sermon or maybe you can get through a book or, you know, a change of venue. You, know, you move to a new neighborhood or whatever. And then sometimes you have to bump your head, you know, to, um, to, to, to realize that, uh, that, that, that you need to, you know, to change and to, right. you, know, to you know, to go after it, you know, uh, yeah. change aggressively. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. Well, Lenny, you are, are a legend. You are a living legend. And I'm so proud to say this has been a wonderful conversation. And please believe me, we're going to keep this conversation going. You will be one of the experts that have to join in on this conversation. You've been around a long time. You've been around a long time. You have gained the right to be heard, not only for your music, but because of your kind heart, because of your humble beginnings, because of the man that you are. You're not only a legend, but because of the man that you are. That's, Appreciate that, yeah. That speaks volumes. That's why we listen to your music, we play your music. That's why you're still all over the world. So again, it was a pleasure to have you on today. And it, it is always a pleasure to have you back on the network. Always, always, always. And I greatly appreciate it. Before we go, tell the world where you're going to be. Let the world know how they can listen to your music. Give us your dates if you have anything upcoming. you got the floor. Yeah, I'm uh, actually uh, going to be in uh, somewhere down Augusta, Georgia area uh, this weekend, coming up on the 24th. And uh, and just moving around. People can uh, go to my website at LennyWilliams.com. And you can uh, see my itinerary and see where I'm going to be. I'm also on uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram at the Real Lenny Williams on Facebook. And uh, you know, reach out to me, and uh, I check it every day. And uh, and I'll definitely uh, correspond with you. Very good, outstanding, very good. Well, once again, it is, and it's always a pleasure to have you on. I love talking to you. I love talking to you. So thank you very much. Thank you, Yolanda. Yeah, I like that last oh, name, Yolanda. Oh, I love yours too, honey. Yes. I love yours too. Absolutely, absolutely. And did you notice uh, that somehow your family got on? Wonderful. Yes. Belinda uh, and her and her mother-in-law. Wonderful. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've been so, knowing Belinda for ages. Uh, I, I'm yes. Belinda's age, so I'll just say I've been knowing <laughs> Belinda a long time. Uh, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So thank you again. It has been a pleasure. And Lenny, I'm going to have you back with all of you wonderful minds. We're going to have a conversation about this because not only is your music great, what you give to us, but you are a wonderful, wonderful thought-provoking man. Wonderful. Thank you. I appreciate it so much, Yolanda. Have a good evening. Okay. You have a good evening, too. And folks, you have been listening to the magic man, Lenny Williams, the legendary Lenny Williams, right here on Vision Media Group. BlackTalkRadio.com is where you can find this broadcast and so many others. Black Talk Network. BlackTalkRadioNetwork.com Have a good evening all. Thank you, Lenny. It's been my pleasure. All righty. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good night, everybody. Be careful out there. Be careful. And if you're in those areas where the storms are, get inside. Talk to you soon.
Have a good evening. Take care. Thank you.